Chapter 5 of Heart Talks on Holiness. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rebecca Glanville. Heart Talks on Holiness by Samuel Logan Brengel. Chapter 5 The Outcome of a Clean Heart. David prayed, Create within me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. He recognised that the blessing of a clean heart would give him wisdom and power and the spirit to teach sinners, and to so teach them that they would be converted. It is the same truth that Jesus expressed when he said, Cast the beam out of thine own eye, then shalt thou see clearly to cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. The beam is inbred sin. The mote is the transgressions that result from inbred sin. The following are some of the results of a clean heart. 1. A clean heart, filled with a spirit, makes a soul winner out of the man who receives the blessing. It was so on the day of Pentecost, when the disciples, having their hearts purified by fire and filled with the Holy Spirit, won three thousand souls to the Lord in one meeting. With the blessing of a clean heart, comes a passion of love for Jesus, and with it a passionate desire for the salvation and sanctification of men. It makes apostles, prophets, martyrs, missionaries, and fiery-hearted soul-winners. It opens wide and clear the channel of communion between God and the soul, so that his power, the power of the Holy Ghost, works through him who has a clean heart, surely convicting and graciously converting and sanctifying souls. 2. The blessing results in a constancy of spirit. The soul finds its perfect balance in God. Fickleness of feeling, uncertainty of temper and waywardness of desire are gone and the soul is buoyed up by steadiness and certainty. It no longer has to be braced up by vows and pledges and resolutions but moves forward naturally with quietness and assurance. 3. There is perfect peace. The warring element within is cast out. The fear of backsliding is gone. Self no longer struggles for supremacy. For Jesus has become all and in all, and that the word in Isaiah is fulfilled. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And the soul is made possessor of the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. It had peace with God, that is, a cessation of rebellion and strife when converted. But now it has the peace of God, as the bay has the fullness of the sea. Anxiety about the future and worry about the present and past go. It took perfect faith to get a clean heart, and perfect faith destroys fret and worry. They cannot abide in the same heart, said a saint. I cannot trust and worry at the same time. John Wesley said, I would as soon swear as fret. 4. Joy is perfected. There may be sorrow and heaviness on account of manifold temptations. There may be great trials and perplexities, but the joy of the Lord, which is his strength, like a great gulf stream flows and throbs through the heart of him who is sanctified in an unbroken current. God becomes his joy. David knew this when he said, Then will I go unto God, my exceeding joy. Probably not all who have the blessing of a clean heart realise this full joy, but they may, 
if they will take time to commune with God and appropriate the promises to themselves. Jesus said, Ask and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. And John said, These things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. And again Jesus said, I will see you again, and your hearts shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. This joy could not be beaten out of Paul and Silas with many stripes, but bubbled up and overflowed at the midnight hour in the dark dungeon, when their feet were in the stocks and their backs were bruised and torn. It turned Madame Guillaume's cell into a palace, and Bedford Jail into an anteroom of Beulah land and heaven, from which the saintly tinker saw the delectable mountains and the citizens of the celestial city. Glory to God! It makes a deathbed soft as downy pillows are. 5. Love is made perfect. To be born of God is to have divine love planted in the heart. Like begets like, and when we are born of God, we are made partakers of his nature, and God is love. But this love is comparatively feeble in the new convert, and there is much remaining corruption in the heart to check and hinder, if not to destroy it. But when the heart is cleansed, all conflicting elements are destroyed and cast out, and the heart is filled with patient, humble, holy, flaming love, Love is made perfect. It flames upwards towards God and spreads abroad toward all men. It abides in the heart, not necessarily as a constantly overflowing emotion, but always as an unfailing principle of action which may burst into emotion at any time. It may suffer, being abused and ill-treated, but it is a kind. Others may be promoted and advanced beyond it, but it envieth not. It may be subjected to pressure of all kinds, but it wanteth not itself. It is not rash. It may prosper, but it is not puffed up. Love doth not behave itself unseemly, or, as Mr. Wesley said, is not ill-bred. Love seeketh not her own, is not provoked, thinketh no evil, is not suspicious. Love rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. And an evangelist was abused, his enemies were professing Christians, but they backslid. His friends rejoiced, but he grieved. His heart was full of love, and he could not rejoice in the triumph of iniquity even over his enemies. Love beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never faileth. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 4-8 to 8. 6. The Bible Becomes a New Book it becomes self-interpreting. God is in it speaking to the soul. I do not mean by this that all the types and prophecies are made plain to the unlearned man, but to all that is necessary to salvation he finds and feeds upon in the Bible. He now understands the word of Jesus. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Like Job, he esteems it more than his necessary food, and like David, rejoices in it more than they that find great spoil. Like the blessed man, he meditates therein day and night, that he may observe to do according to all that is written therein, that his profiting may appear to all. 7. It begets the shepherd spirit and destroys the spirit of lordship over God's heritage. If Peter was the first pope, he was not like many that have followed, for instead of lording it over the flock, he wrote, the elders which are among you I exhort, which am a witness of the sufferings of Christ, 
and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for the filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but as examples to the flock. If the cleansed man is a superior, it makes him patient and considerate. If a subordinate, willing and obedient, it is the fruitful root of courtesy, of pity, of compassion and utterly unselfish devotion. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. 8. Temptation is quickly recognised as such and is evilly easily overcome through steadfast faith in Jesus. The holy man takes the shield of faith and with it quenches all the fiery darts of the enemy. 9. Divine courage possesses the heart. The sanctified man sings with David, I will not fear what man can do unto me, though a host should encamp against me, yet will I not fear. And with Paul, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, for we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 10. There is a keener sense than ever before of the weaknesses of the flesh, the absolute inability of man to help us, and of our own utter dependence on God for all things. The pure heart sings evermore, the blood, the blood is all my plea. 11. The cleansed man makes a covenant with his eyes, and is careful which way and how he looks. He also remembers the words of Jesus, Take heed how ye hear, and again, Take heed what ye hear. Likewise, he bridles his tongue and seasons his words with salt, not with sugar. Salt is better than sugar for seasoning, but it is only for seasoning. He remembers that, for every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give account in the day of judgment. He does not despise the day of small things, and he can content himself with mean things. Finally, he realises that the common deeds of the common day are ringing bells in the far away, and he lives as seeing him that is invisible, and with glad humility and wholehearted fidelity discharges his duty with an eye single to the glory of God, without any itching desire for the honour that man can give, or other reward than the well done of the Lord. End of chapter 5